What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Top Flight Podcast. You know what it is. You know what we're here to do. Back on screen today, beautiful Austin, Texas. I'm with the boys. We got Primo in here. We got Football Critic as well. We got lots to talk about. I'm your host, Hernan. Most of you know me as H. Lot to talk about tonight here on the Top Flight Podcast. A little bit of a midweek episode, you know, something to plug into your week. Uh, you know, we've been uh, in a very long break. The players needed it 100%. I mean, we saw what was going on with with all those injuries with Austin FC. So I'm sure the players, the coaches, the staff, everybody, even the, the media that covers this team appreciates this and appreciated this break. But it does come to an end Wednesday and Saturday. We have two derbies coming up. So, boys, how are you doing? Football Critic, I'm going to start off with you. I'm good, H. Thank you for having me again. Really excited. A lot of soccer that happened last week, even though Austin didn't play during the weekend. A lot of soccer that is going to happen this week, so I'm excited. Yes, mate. A lot of soccer did happen. Uh, we were keeping a close, close eye on our very own Dani Pereira, keeping up with the game against Honduras, Guatemala, which we're going to get into uh, here later on in the episode. But Primo, how are you doing, mate? I'm doing good, brother. I'm doing all right. It's a good, uh, what's today, Monday. And uh, hot, hot, hot day, man. It's been hot. Bef- it's it's been very hot, and I think tomorrow is gonna be the hottest, bro. And real quick, before we get in, before we get into some of the topics, pretty much, I want to send a shout out to all the listeners out there that um that sent me a message uh saying like, hey, you made it to Barn Springs because last episode I said that I was gonna go. I try to go one time every year, and a bunch of people hit me up. They were saying like, yo, you made it out. You made it out. That's cool. So. Shout out to everybody that tunes into the podcast. Appreciate it 100%. It means uh, a lot that y'all tune in and um, we do it for y'all. But I do want to say this, though. We got three very nice shirts on the podcast today. I mean, Football Critic, can you show us yours real quick? Uh, yeah. Look at that. Look at that beauty. Look at that. Okay, so contest. Hey. For f- contest, for the people watching on YouTube, if you can vote in the comments or let us know on Twitter who has the best fit for tonight's show primo has the og warehouse tv merch shirt football critic has a custom verde mm-hmm. austin fc jersey with the oh, black and, and let me like let me that. just flex this real quick let's what? see look at that oh i like that football critic oh, massive yeah. massive Dang. massive but check this out check this out in honor of the kings of concacaf the new kings of concacaf i got this little beauty what do you think about that little vintage it fits yeah Think about that little old logo. Beautiful, beautiful, mate. So, uh, listeners, let us know who has the best shirt in the comments below. I think Football Critic might have this one, but I don't know. Primos is Primos is just simply beautiful. But all right, boys, uh, I want to get into the podcast. Obviously, some uh, quick Austin FC news that we got to cover. The Dallas game. By now, you're listening to this. If you follow the club very closely, you saw the tweet that came out. Austin FC said that the game was pushed back. I think the MLS pushed it back until 8.30. Not so much, just an hour pushback for the heat. Uh, It is going to be extremely hot tomorrow. So the league is just trying to take care of the players, trying to take care of the fans, most importantly. I saw some people upset. They were saying, oh, why'd y'all push it back? I mean, they're just doing it for y'all's safety at the end of the day. So, um Bear, bear with them, I guess you can say. Now, uh, another another news topic, Brian Arellano becomes the third academy player to sign with Austin Tito. He joins the, the, the likes of Anthony uh, Deanda, left back, shout out my G. Also, Micah Burton, very interesting player there in the midfield. Very creative player. Very creative. I really, really like to see him play. 
Also, you know, unfortunately, the U-17s losing PKs, uh, 7-6 in the playoffs. And then the U-15s of the Austin FC Academy, they lost 2-1 to one their, their game as well. So a bit of sad news there, but learning lessons for those young lads. Now, Football Critic, any uh, thoughts on those recent news topics for Austin FC you'd like to comment on? Well, I mean, I think it's actually great that we have such a strong, an actual strong DNA in our youth, you know. The U15s, yeah. they won the Adidas Cup and they they went to the playoffs. Yep. Uh, yep. Sadly, didn't make it uh, f- uh, much farther, but they still did great. Uh, U17 as well. And then also FCTO. I mean, FCTO is, F-C-2. you know, they are winning. They're second in the West. Uh, they are behind Colorado, Colorado too, but no one else is catching up to FCTO. So, I mean, man, we have a really good academy and a really good... Uh, pool yeah. of youngsters yeah i think that's actually spot on mate now i want to say this efcito is no efcito we're gonna have to call them efzote soon here bro i mean those, those kids are, are playing look at primo over there laughing his, his ass <laughs> those kids are playing monsters bro i mean mazafero gets his goal pinu gets a freaking brace david rodriguez i mean he's he's making defenses look silly he got the call up to the first team but they didn't get minutes but josh wolf knows what kind of qualities that kid has and obviously he has some first team uh, qualities and he's just gonna grow a lot of these players are just gonna grow so yeah Efcito 4-0 win. We can talk about that real quick. Efcito 4-0 win. That was absolutely fantastic. I couldn't actually make it to the game, but as always, a bunch of fans out there. I think North End Pod was out there. Uh, Landon from the Moon Tower Pod. RB22 was posting some videos. I think Jordan was out there as well. Quick note on that game. Um, I got a text saying like, hey, funny, funny thing happening. It's so hot at the Austin Efcito game that the scoreboard malfunctioned and it was not keeping score. It was that hot that the scoreboard was not working, bro. Isn't that crazy? That's yeah, hot. It's ridiculous, yeah. Man, that's hot. So people don't get mad if they push back the, the kickoff time one hour. The freaking scoreboards out here are freaking almost catching on fire. Calma, por favor. Calma. Primo, anything you want to comment on FCTO? I mean, Football Critic really hit it spot on. He said that we have a great academy, a great DNA. Um, anything you'd like to comment on them, bro? Yeah, I, I 100% agree on that, man. The, the area, these young kids are looking good. Um, the Efcito games are um, fun to go to. If you've never been to 100%. one, I highly recommend to go to one, bro, because they they get crazy. It's it's exciting. These kids play very good football. Um, so it's just really good to see them um, kind of develop um, in 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 the playing time that they're getting and. There's some good talent out there, so it's very, very excited to see. Real quick, I don't want to spend too much time on Austin FC. I mean, even though, you know, they had a fantastic game, I do want to ask y'all this. Who would you bring up from Austin FC to the first team? Who would Damien Laz. Damien Laz. Another clean sheet, you know, another no, clean sheet by the way. I like that one. Another clean sheet. But do we need a goalkeeper? We don't need a goalkeeper. Yeah, so Damian Laws is is very talented, but I wouldn't bring him up. I mean, based off of the situation that we have right now. David who would you bring up? David Rodriguez, interesting player. Football? I got my I answer. Would, I would have to you, say, I mean, Pinu had a great game. But I'm going to say JC Fodry. CJ Fodry? Yeah, He's actually pretty CJ tall, Fodry, man. Yeah. He's actually yeah. pretty tall. 
That kid might be the tallest player on the t- team, and he's taking corner kicks all the time. So uh, we need him in the box. And actually, when Ture took one of the corner kicks in the last game, CJ Fadri got a goal off of that. Maybe it was two two games ago. But um, I'd like to bring up Sal Mazzaferro, bro. Yeah. Sal Mazzaferro has been really impressing me, mate. I mean, this kid, he got his um, he got his goal. Credit to him. But I'm thinking more on the defensive side. Of, of things now kip keller does have that first team contract we do have to point that out and he's probably going to be the player that, that josh wolf is going to fancy right off the bat because he does have you know that first team contract but salma zafaro is, is an interesting player i think is a very interesting prospect uh, he, obviously he's not starter caliber but in the cb situation that we find ourselves in i think he would be a great addition to the austin fc backline anything else mates no, I mean, you're right about uh, Laz not... We don't need Laz right now because Tuber is just amazing. I'm just don't saying, knock on Laz, though. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, ML, like MLS, MLS Next Pro is looking a little bit small for Laz. Okay, yes, yes. I agree 100%. I agree with that comment. Maybe loan him out to a championship team? Loan him out to a bottom-table Premier League team? I think he could easily keep up out there, Robert. I mean, if Matt Turner... Is, is making it wherever he's at right now. Damian lost, bro. I don't know. I mean, he was a full-hand player, so you don't know. He was. So we'll see what what uh, what happens there. Damian lost, though, one of the freaking superstars of that team. Absolutely fantastic kid. Oh, man, actually. Grown man by now. Now, uh, I do want to move on to the next subject, and this is going to be one of the lengthy ones. I have it right off the bat because it's important to Football Critic, uh, to myself, Primo, Bali, and the whole Austin FC community um, we saw the video that was released by Austin FC, the Danny Pereira legend. It was uh, a very emotional video. You saw Danny as a little kid grow up and, you know, say that he would, that he always wanted to play for La Vino Tinto. And it was just a very special video. Shout out to the Austin FC media for cooking that up. But it is the Danny Pereira call-up, the segment that I want to get into next. The call-up with La Vino Tinto and how did it go? It was very difficult to watch these games. Let's let's point that out first. I know that a lot of Austin FC fans would have liked to seen this game or the games, right? It was very difficult to find links, safe links, links that won't infect your freaking computer with viruses. But Football Critic managed to find links in both games. Uh, we were able to see Dani Pereira versus Honduras and versus Guatemala. Now, Football Critic... Not only have you been following the Binotinto Dani Pereira saga since it really began, but you've been also following Dani Pereira since he was a young player. And to see this all unfold, mate, I mean, what are your thoughts on his on on, on his call up? And just real quick, how did it go in your opinion? Was it an A plus, an A minus, a B plus, or a B minus for Dani Pereira? I mean, to see him get where he's at right now, I'm just happy. This is a perfectly good example of of determination of, of one of yeah. going for what you want and and and, and working hard for it. Because yeah, Danny had to like I mean let's look at this fact like yeah he was playing in Venezuela and he said in the video right he said he had opportunities in Venezuela. Now that I mean Venezuela is not the, it's a mess a mess of a country their their youth is not well. And yeah, he for sure should have had opportunities. But the fact that he left, mm-hmm. the fact that he, that he had to adapt to a new country, to a new language, um, and to succeed, 
And then not only succeed, but the fact that he got a scholarship, and then he 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 is the first Latin American player to be caught, to be picked first mm-hmm. in the overall pick in the in the MLS draft. Draft. I mean, that was massive. Those are really huge things, and you can yeah. see all around the Venezuelan media. You can say, you know, there there are marvelous things being talked about Danny Pereira, but no one ever really bothered yeah. to look at him, right? Mostly because. For one, he plays in MLS, and a lot of people don't respect MLS the way they should. I'm not saying it's a top five league in the world, but they for sure just, uh, just talk talk down, uh, talk the league down. And then because of his status, his problem status, he's just like, why are you gonna play him? Why do I get excited if he can't even play in the long term for the national team, right? So a lot of people just didn't bother to look uh, looking at him. After these couple of yes. games, so many people were impressed. So many people mm-hmm. were left with their mouth open and saying, we want this kid. We need him for the World Cup qualifiers. I really hope his problem gets sorted out because we really need him. And to say yes. that this guy just was just played out of his mm-hmm. mind or maybe not of his mind, but did really, really well in his in his debut as if he had played with the national team before, as if he had been playing for five years in the national team, it's to say something really good. Yes, bro. You actually hit a lot of those points spot on. Beautifully put together. I'm going to read off some quick um, some quick stats. It was even hard to get stats on these games. I mean, there wasn't anything like on Solfa score or like on, uh, you know, like transfer market. It was very difficult to get anything from these matches. But uh, what we could muster together, um, Danny came off the bench versus Honduras in the 1-0 victory. He played 45 minutes really as a defensive six. It was like a, they call it a five, right? That's what you yeah. um, told me. And they play a double pivot five in the back. Well, and Danny was occupying one of those slots, yes? Um, there needs to be some context because both games were different. So uh, for starters, we don't have fullbacks. So, and okay. one of the fullbacks was Miguel Navarro from Chicago Fire that got injured in training before the first game. So we were out of fullbacks, n- neither left or right. So the first game, we had a 3-4-3 formation which our defense is not used to, our players are not used to. And just to put this out there and tweet it out, we were playing like we were playing three CBs. One was Leo, one was Tarek, and the second one was Julio when he has those big mistakes. Right? Like yeah. that that I bad, remember whenever that, you said that. Yeah, that, that's that's how bad our defense was. So that game versus Honduras, who was better than Guatemala, it was hard defensively. Because the team did not know how to adapt. Because it was hard, Danny was required to play more defensively. But he was trying to play as a six, not a five. If you could give him a grade for that game against Honduras in his 45 minutes where he came on, what what would it be? I would give it a solid A. Solid A? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Now, um, I have here in front of me a couple tweets. These are from... uh, A couple tweets. These are from Twitter. No, right? Uh, Just... All you got to do is search up Daniel Pereira on Twitter and you'll see just the absolute frenzy that's going on, the 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 madness. And pretty well, I want to get your take on this after I read a, um, just a couple. We have, you know, people that are verified and people that are actually verified, right, with a bunch of followers, I'm sure. These are the pundits of uh, Venezuela, uh, Javier Parra Peña. Periodista, journalist, he's saying, ¿Qué bueno es Daniel Pereira? Un perfil de mediocampista que necesita Venezuela para mover la pelota y organizar el equipo. De lo más destacable de esta fecha FIFA en clave vino tinto. In English, football critic, what does that mean? 
It's just saying that Dani Pereira is a really, really good guy that has control over the tempo of, of in the midfield, right? That's that's yeah. a, the biggest criticism, or not criticism, but uh, reviews that he got, that he Dani controls the tempo of the game in the midfield. If he needs to be fast, then he can do it in, in, with one, two touches. If he needs to calm things down, he will get the ball and, and make all everything just calm down. And that's exactly what he did in both games. There's another tweet here from Miguel Santana, another journalist covering, uh, another Venezuelan journalist. He says, um, it's extraordinary uh, how how quiet Dani Pereira has been working and has been um, kind of like a, like a player that has just came out, like a new showing, I guess is what this guy's trying to say. Uh, in his debut with Lavino Tinto, he showed why he was the number one draft pick in the MLS. A player with characteristics, with different characteristics of grand technical ability, sacrifice, and of great defensive sacrifice. What a surprise. So, Primo, you as an Austin FC fan, mate, you see that Dani Pereira is getting all this praise, the attention that comes with, with national team call-ups. He's likely to see a big offer from somewhere else soon, bro. How does that make you feel? I mean, it's got to be bittersweet, Primo. Your thoughts? For sure, man. That's bittersweet. Um, but we we all knew this was coming. We all knew it was, it 100%. was a matter of time. Um, I, I think it's a, you know, a beautiful thing that, that, you know, from where you came from to play for your national team and getting all this recognition from, you know, internationally, not just here in the MLS, um, because we all know how, how good of a player Daniel Pereira is. He's been recognized all over the league um, by different fan bases. Everyone recognizes that. So it, it's it's really awesome to see that it's reaching out uh, internationally now. And there's no doubt that, that he's going to continue to get called up. Uh, hopefully his whole situation gets fixed pretty soon. Um, you know, 2026 World Cup, man. Here in the United States, Daniel Pereira. Yeah. So, next definitely. year, next year, Copa next America. Year, Copa America, Copa America, Copa America bro. America get it right. <laughs> so it's all it, uh, it's all tying together, but it it's gonna be sad to see him leave. We know it's coming, um, but it's it's well deserved. Well deserved. Well deserved. Hundred percent. Hard worker. Humble kid. Love him. Love his uh, ambition to always try to be better. And uh, I'm sure that that is rubbing off on kids that are coming up in our U17s and FCTO because they honestly kind of look up to Danny. I, I've, I've kind of peeped that just a little bit, but Danny is one of bro, Danny is the real deal. Now, I want to talk about his jersey. Number five picked up that that number. I wonder if it's tied to maybe one of his idols in, you know, previous Lee, in, you know, previous um, seasons, maybe like a Iniesta, like a Xavi, were they ever number five? I know um, Zidane, number five, Jude Bellingham, number five. But um, also, football critic, I want to ask you about the jersey that is going to come out soon. I know that a lot of Austin FC fans were curious about that, wondering when that was going to come out. So when can Austin FC fans get that number five Venezuela Vinotinto, Dani Pereira jersey? Yeah, so I said that it is... There hasn't been an official uh, report yet, but it's mm -hmm. very well known. It's out there and, and it's it's confirmed that Lavino Tinto is going back to Adidas. And this partnership is going to be announced 
it's set to be this week for sure. Like there's there's no escaping that. Probably mm -hmm. Friday. We don't know. We don't know exact date. Probably Friday, okay. but next this week for sure. So once the partnership comes out, the shirts go on sale. They show the new design. You can for sure just look up a Danny Pereira shirt. Question. Do you think that maybe since it's Adidas, the same jersey sponsor as the MLS, we could maybe see some Venezuela jerseys at the Verde store? Do you think that'll so. be possible? Maybe. I mean, same and, shirt sponsor. And, why not? Well, I mean, if you look at be, uh, actually, actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think so, because if you look at Adidas, Adidas has Argentina, mm -hmm. has Colombia, mm -hmm. has Paraguay, mm -hmm. has Peru, has just a, uh, has 80% of, of South America. We have Drusi, and we don't see any Argentina jersey in the Verde store. But Drusi, but Drusi is not being called true, up. True, true. Yeah, true. is being called up. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. We 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 can maybe see something there. Austin FC, uh, if any of your executives is listening into the Top Flight podcast just to do your daily checkup of what we say, uh, maybe a, a um, maybe a bit of financial advice there. Put some Danny Pereira jerseys in the Verde store. I know I'll buy one. Probably 20, 30, 40, 50 other people will too. That's that's money right there for y'all. So maybe I don't, that way I don't, we don't, don't got to raise say season tickets. But the, it's said that it would come out at $100, at least I'll for Venezuela. I'll buy it. Yeah. I'll pay. I'll pay. I'll pay two fifty for a football critic. I'll pay. I'll pay two fifty for it. I don't care. I don't okay. care, dude. Okay. I don't care. Now let's see. Um, other things that I want to talk about. Danny Pereira. Obviously, his visa issues are still looming. Um, a lot of uh, fans from the Venezuela side, they are excited. Yes, football critic, and we do have to point this out. But they still are concerned with his situation, obviously, with the visa and the status in the country. Now, we were listening to um, one of the Drink Team, right? Drink Team shows. Yeah. And if you'd like to check it out as well, if you fast forward minute 20, they start talking about Danny Pereira. Um, one of the pundits, I think it was Petrocelli, Fernando Petrocelli, if, if I'm not mistaken, football critic. He says that he spoke with Danny's family recently, yeah. uh, a couple of days ago. And they said that it's still in in the works. It's still in process. You know, they they can only go as fast as the, I guess as as the government goes. You know what I'm saying? And those processes can be so long. Uh, I've heard other people from uh, Venezuela say that the uh, asylum seeking process can go on for years, like six, five years. So it's very interesting to see what is going to happen with Danny Pereira. But football critic, is there anything you can add on that? I mean, visa issues still still looming. Uh, is there hope for Danny for his situation? I mean, look, you'd think that they have something in the works if they're giving him so many minutes. Look, I understand people are worried, and I mean, I would be too, considering they when they, they got to the country when Danny was 16, and he's already 22, and he hasn't gotten that sorted out yet. But I can say this. There are options. They looked everywhere. They turned, their, they turned like, they looked under the rocks, and there are they took action, they saw a lot of options, and there is hope. There is reason, I cannot say much more, but there is reason to believe that there is hope for his situation to resolve, hopefully, again, nothing confirmed, but hopefully by the qualifiers in September. Something tells me you know more than what you're letting on, football critic. Something tells me that you know more than what you're letting on. But you know what? I'm gonna let it be, mate, for tech sources. My G, football critic. Interesting info there. Um, but for sure, I know that probably both sides are working on uh, trying to get this solved yeah. as, as soon as, as possible, right? I mean, the, the national team, the coach, they want him. Well, I mean, for, they for sure, they, they didn't try him out. These friendlies just because. 
especially when they gave him one one half entirely his first game yes. and then he started the, uh, the mm-hmm. second game. No, they 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 are interested in him. They want to try him out. Yeah, obviously everything depends on you know um, his situation if it results or not. But hey, at least they know he's a good player that they can use for the 2024 uh, World Cup. I want to ask you one more thing, football critic, before we go into um, one of the next topics on the Danny Pereira segment. On a scale of one to ten, I know you can't share everything. I know that there's things that you know that obviously because of your sources you can't reveal to everybody, right? But on a scale of one to ten, how much does Venezuela want Danny Pereira in their team? How much? I'm gonna say an uh, an eight, if not nine. I mean, they Danny want Pereira, him. This this just random kid from Roanoke, from Caracas. But here's Eight the thing. Nine. Interesting. He's not random. For those who have followed him, he was he was already being in the eyes of Peckerman before Peckerman left the national team. When he left and then Bocha Batista came and took his place, he was already in the radar. They've been watching Danny. There just haven't hasn't been any opportunity before to try him out because he, you know, he can't leave the States. Now that they did. They they finally tried him out, and Danny played the way he played. They for sure won him. They're just yeah. you know they're trying both the, the Austin FC uh, pushing in the U.S. and 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 the national team, the federation pushing in Venezuela to get all of this sorted out. Yeah, interesting there, my G Danny Pereira, uh, a guy that has been impressing since a very young age. You know, whenever he was young, I saw that that video that Austin FC dropped. It was like 12, 12 minutes long, pretty much. Well. I think you. Might have seen it as well. I sent to the uh, group chat. You know, you see Danny Pereira come up as like a like a little little kid. He's playing in like these like small dirt fields. They look so like they look so fun. And then you see him kind of grow up and how he goes through high school. How he gets the college scholarship, gets that super draft call up, and how important he is for us, mate. I mean, whenever you were seeing that primo, anything that made you feel, anything that you thought. Yeah, it's just, um, I mean, it, it's crazy, you know, coming from from humble beginnings and, and um, you know, playing in, in dirt fields to playing for your national team. Um, I think it's just, yeah. it'll be anyone's dream to come, come true. Um, and for it to happen uh, to a player that plays for Austin FC and for a player that gives everything uh, for Austin FC, um, mm-hmm. it's good to see. It's crazy. Um, and again, uh, shout out to the video team. That video was just amazing. So it really was. I'm not even gonna lie. That was a that was a cinematic masterpiece. I must say. Now, just real quick before we go on to the next segment, uh, I want to just uh, brush over this topic. Football critic, I want to bring you in. Uh, Danny was being kind of like swapped in and out for Yangel Herrera of the Man City Group, a player that belongs to the Man City Group. So he's obviously talented. Right. Um, what are your thoughts on this player and is there competition between these two guys or is there space for everybody in the midfield? Because it's it's highly competitive, Venezuela's midfields. So Danny being able to just walk in and start, that says a lot because this midfield is packed. Your quick thoughts on that, mate. I mean, Jangel is a really highly talented player. He belongs mm-hmm. to the city group. He played in New York City FC. And he was great there. He was so great that the same thing that 
happened to Tati Castellanos happened to him. He got loaned to Girona, and he played well in Girona. In Girona, he is a runner-up for the U20 World Cup in 2017. So you know this guy, and he's to be. He's said to be the next uh, Venezuelan captain. So this guy's a big deal, and he's talented. He actually scored the winner versus Guatemala in the in the 80th minute, right? So he is talented. Now the way I see it. It's not so much that Danny was couch in the back. Yeah, uh, there it is. It's not so much that Danny will compete against him. I think they're preparing the future of the midfield for him, for Jan Hill and Danny to be the owners of that midfield. There's competition, yes, because they have El Brujo Martinez from from Philly. They have Casares Jr. from Red Bull New York. They have Junior Moreno yep. from Cincinnati, who are top in the East, right? Mm-hmm. But we didn't see Junior Moreno that much, these this friendlies. Cáceres Junior came a lot and played along with Danny for a few minutes, but he didn't have the impact that Danny had. So I think okay. Danny can can earn his spot once the captain, Tomás Rincón, who is also a midfielder, leaves this space for the young ones to take it. Rincón, Tomás Rincón, he said some things about Danny Pereira, football critic. What were those things, real quick? Yeah, so Tomás Rincón, the captain the for many years of La Vino Tinto, Played in Europe for 14, 15 years. Said he, he hadn't really. He in some some Podria, right? Sorry. In Sampdoria, yeah. Podria? He got okay. yeah. He's he played out of those 14, 15 years. He played 13 in in Italy in Serie A, and he just got relegated for the first time with Sampdoria. But he did say he had never seen Danny play before. He never really truly saw uh, saw a clip of him or anything. But he got really surprised, really surprised at his at his quality, at his skill, at his at his tempo at the game at the way that he played so calmly in his debut for the national team. And mm-hmm. he said that actually the midfield of the Lavino Tinto is the strongest area of the team. There's a lot of competition, healthy competition, but he's just happy that there are so many good players that can be put to use. This could be a turning point for uh, Venezuela. I think, you know, this new coach, not necessarily new because there are the, some of the similar ideas or philosophies going into it, but this could be, a, you know, a brand new start. You know, they have Danny Pereira. The fans are excited for him. The coach even himself said that this is a player that can bring a lot to the national team. So it's it's really up from here. Danny Pereira, I mean, this kid has 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 earned it, and I'm sure he's going to continue to earn his spot. And he's just going to get better and better. He said that he's working on his defense in that yeah. video. You know what I'm saying? So that, well, that was interesting. interesting that. He said he's a natural ten, but yeah, then when he, he got to Austin FC, he got to work his defense, and since then, you know, he's been a, a six. Yeah. Danny Pereira, what a story. My G, Danny Pereira, I love that kid, man. I mean, just how we feel, imagine how his family feels. Imagine how his brother feels. I mean, they, they must be over the moon with him. Imagine how, like, what his dad feels. I mean, just over the moon with this kid. How can you not be happy? Now, boys, I want to go into one of the next topics on the, on the Top Flight podcast tonight, which is the League's Cup Roundup. Now, uh, in this break, we had a bit of a press conference, a bit of a... Yeah, I got a press conference, maybe you could say media availability, where John Gallagher took the stage with Coach Josh Wolf, and they had the League's Cup trophy there. And League's Cup also made it to the stadium. There were some photos that came out at Q2. We saw the League's Cup trophy. It's an interesting trophy. Um, it's okay. It's huge for no reason, but it's pretty. It's 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 okay. Now it's not uh, aesthetic. In, I guess, man. Whatever whatever you want to say. Now in this media availability that took place. Josh Wolf, 
um, jumped an interesting quote. And I'm going to read it real quick, but I want you to react to it first, man. And Josh Wolf goes on to say, it'll be a great experience to play Mazatlan and FC Juarez. We're excited by it. It's a tournament that can promote us back into Champions League again. And that's an opportunity for us as staff, players, and organization to get right back into an event that we'd like another shot at. Now, whenever um, we posted that quote on the Wear Us TV uh, Instagram page, a lot of fans were saying, oh, well, are you going to take it serious? Oh, are we going to get embarrassed again? Because obviously of what happened against Violet. So, Primo, you hear Joshua say that, say that he wants another shot at CCL, number one. Uh, do you think that we can win League's Cup and go into CCL? Number two, do you give Josh Wolf another chance at, at CCL or should it be given to another manager? Go ahead. Man. <laughs> um, loaded question. Loaded question. Sorry. Loaded, loaded. question. No, um, I don't know. I, it's it's kind of... I see ourselves coming out of the group, but winning the whole thing is, I think, reaching a bit. Just maybe just a bit, a tad bit. There's so many good teams out there, man. There's so many good teams in the MLS that we would have to go through. There's so many good teams in Liga MX that we would have to go through. If we couldn't compete against Violet, um, I don't know. I don't. I don't see us winning that that League's Cup. It'll be good to compete, and it'll be a good, you know, competition for to set us up uh, for the rest of the league. You know, I think he should focus more on the league. Um, then just, for me, there's a better chance in, in winning that than this, this League's Cup because League I make his teams are just so tough. Um, okay. yeah. Our record against them isn't great, even though the matches were friendlies. We, you know, don't really show up against Mexican teams or the ones we face so far. And They were friendlies. They were friendlies. We do got to point that out. Friendlies. Remember that. Um, but as far as you know, trying to get another shot to CCI, he had his shot. He had a shot, and I think it's it, he, you know, kind of dropped the ball there. And again, if we go into the Champions League, we have to compete, man. We don't. We're not just gonna go to stroll around and uh, play one game. You, you gotta compete for it. And I just yeah, don't 100%. see. Joshua doing that right now. Now, but when you say that it's it's going to be a tough route to the final 100%, there are some really good teams in this competition. Of course, the Liga MX and, and even MLS sides are going to be quality in this um, tournament. One of those teams that we could cross or that we probably are going to cross if we win our group is Inter-Miami. Now, Football Critic, I want to get your take on that. Um, also, we're the only team that's going to play two Mexican teams in our group. They're the two weakest teams in Liga MX right now, but Josh Wolf even said, like, hey, there's no weak teams in, in, in that league, so we shouldn't underestimate them. We shouldn't call them weak because there's no weak teams in Liga MX. So, football critic, if we do cross into Miami, I mean, where do you think that the win is going to go? You think that it's going to stay at, at Q2? Because it'll be at Q2. Or do you think that Messi FC is going to take it away? That's That's a really good question. It is, and I mean, I can't really answer it till I see how the hell we beat Juarez and Mazatlan. <laughs> you know, like yeah, it all it all depends on our form. Like to get that far, to get to Miami, I need to see how we beat these Mexican teams. Because yeah, they are not the strongest, the strongest in, in in League MX, but you know they're still strong. I mean, Violet wasn't the strongest of out of the CCL, 
uh, we did beat New Mexico, but then Chicago wasn't also the strongest in, in US Open Cup. So Austin has this way of getting the perfect uh, teams to play against and they just not <laughs> delivering it. So yeah. uh, if you ask me, That's hey, we point. beat Juarez, we beat Mazatlan, are we going to be Miami? Maybe. Because it's also Maybe. hard. Like Messi, Messi can be the best player in the world, but hey, you need some some adaptation to the team and to make a team work all around, you know, someone. So maybe, but I don't know. Now, we are are a month away, pretty much a month away. uh, It's June 19th tonight. Uh, The tournament is July 21st is when the first games take place. So we're about a month out, right? Now, Messi is, is rumored to be taking part of this tournament. There's rumors of him debuting with Miami contra Cruz Azul versus Cruz Azul. Uh, that game is July 21st at 7 p.m. So Messi could debut there. This could be a tournament that Messi takes, quote-unquote, serious. They're going to be a tough team. They're going to be a real, 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 real tough team uh, into Miami with Messi. I think that he changes them. Also, <laughs> apparently, they... they um... <laughs> Excuse me, <What>? y'all. <laughs> Messi's also, thinking about uh... it right now. Keep in mind, yeah, they also of, are, are adding Busquets. Yes, they're adding Busquets as well, mate. You're right, they are adding Busquets. Now, uh, what are your expectations for this League's Cup tournament? Uh, is this a tournament that we can possibly win? Should we go after it 100%? Or should we just have a good showing and take care of the players and come back to the league and focus on getting to the playoffs? What are your thoughts on that, starting with Football Critic? I'm going to say definitely take it seriously because, I mean, we MLS stops, right? There's nothing else to do. So why wouldn't you? I mean, a, a professional club doesn't just take like like uh, discards any competition if they're not playing any other one, right? So no, take it mm-hmm. seriously, compete, do everything you can. Uh, expectations? Uh, not really. I don't see much further than the the Mazatlan and Juarez game. If we do pass, you know, the group stage and whatever, eh, it could be interesting. Uh, but I definitely do not see us winning the whole thing at all. Interesting there, mate. Interesting. Primo, your take on that, brother? I mean, football critic with some harsh harsh criticism maybe for us in FC. I mean, I'm sure that there's fans out there that think that we could win this, or no? <laughs> what do you think? I don't know, man. Uh, <laughs> uh, I agree with football critic. Uh, I think the team does need to compete for it. I think we need to be putting out our uh, our first team players out there. Drusi definitely has to be given minutes. Um you know, I would hate to see Joshua put a B lineup against these Liga Mekis teams. So um, I think we, we need to compete for it, build some good momentum off of it, and uh, just continue on. I don't I don't think we're going to win it, but um, it'll be nice to, to get a good run, I guess. I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it right now. I don't know if y'all are ready for this. I don't know if y'all ready for this, bro. I'm calling it right now. Leagues Cup, Rigoni top score. <laughs> Leagues Cup, Rigoni top score. Or maybe not top score. He's going to go off Leagues Cup. Mark my words, man. Rigoni is going to go off Leagues Cup for us, bro. I think this this tournament is going to is gonna suit him well. I think playing against these, these Mexican sides in a competitive environment is going to be good for a lot of these players. It's going to be a whip in the butt, bro, straight up. It's going to be a whip in the butt. And it's going to it's going to show them at what level they need to be and it's going to show them at what level they're at. 
You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm yeah, saying? I think fair. this I think this tournament is going to be awesome, bro. I cannot wait for League's Cup. I'm going to be there in every single game that I can at, at Q2 Stadium. And I'm hoping that my team, Austin FC, has a really good showing. I mean, Drusi, Rigoni, Diguito Fagundes. I'm sure that those guys are going to are going to they're, they're going to have that Latin American fire just blaze up and we're going to go off against these League IMX guys, bro. Uh, but off. you know what I want to see? What? Wolf had 11 days of rest. I want to see if he took these 11 days to try to change something, to create something that works. That's what I'm interested okay. in. Because well, I can, I with can that, tell you, yeah. Pretty... But Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. I was gonna say, yeah, the players can, can be on fire. But again, I need to see a system that works. If he, okay. if Wolf does change the way he changed when we didn't have Drewsy, Maybe I can have some 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 optimism towards the cup. Okay. Now with that football critic, I want to transition into the next topic, which is the Houston and Dallas previews. You're talking about break. You're talking about um, if Wolf used it the right way. Uh, we saw some players kind of chilling out, enjoying their days off. Fantastic. I love that. But Danny Pereira, a kid that we just covered earlier, he had no days off. So it's going to be very interesting to see when he integrates uh, himself back into the team and when he's actually um, when he's actually playing. I mean, we can maybe think about Owen Wolf and his situation when he when when he got back, he saw minutes off the bench. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, so we might see Danny off the bench maybe against Houston. But let's talk about Houston and Dallas previews. Obviously, we played Dallas first midweek Wednesday. Copa Tejas matches. Very important to talk about Copa Tejas. I'm sick and tired of Brian and Bali downplaying Copa Tejas, mate. I'm here to advocate for Copa Tejas and say that we have to dominate this trophy. Because it means that you're the best in Texas. And it means that you're beating Houston. It means that you're beating Dallas. Why would you not want that trophy? Excuse me. Why would you not want that trophy, right? So, very important matches coming up. Obviously, the one against Dallas is first. Now, I do have some recent matches pulled up here of FC Dallas. We got here uh, one sec. Sorry about that. So recent matches Sunday, June 11th, they lost against Portland. Um, Wednesday, June 7th, they beat St. Louis. That was off of the weather delay, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they lost to Nashville before that, two to one. Lost to Sporting Kansas City, two to one. But hey, everybody's to Sporting Kansas City. Tied against San Jose. Tied against Houston. So FC Dallas maybe not coming in with into this game with the best of form. There is a rumor that maybe Jesus Ferreira will be ready to go. I saw some Austin FC um, chatter today saying that um, that he was going to be out. And I reached out to one of my homies that covers uh, FC Dallas, um, Jose. He's he gets on the Texas Ring of Fire. I'm gonna read his um, the the messages that he's that he sent me. He said uh, Jesus Ferreira was dealing with soreness from the last two week stretch of of games, but I think the 10 day break did him well. Right now, he's not listed on any injury report. So I think the result, in my opinion, I think the result of this game is going to be heavy influenced by if Jesus Ferreira is going to be on the pitch or if he's not going to be on the pitch. Because last game, he did score a goal against against us, although we were down two 10 men. We were down two 10 men, and we saw the type of celebration that he did. But Jesus Ferreira is a guy that always makes us pay. Now, football critic, I want to get your take. Uh, maybe your prediction and also your thoughts on the Jesus Ferreira information that we just um, pointed out. Well, I think if he doesn't play, it's a huge advantage for Austin because Jesus Ferreira yeah, is a really solid player for Dallas. 
I mean, that's that's the guy they look up to to score. He's not the only goal scorer, but he is, you know, the first one on the list. So if he doesn't play, definitely an advantage for us. Um, to say that Dallas is not in, is coming to play us in, in not a good shape, it's not saying much because Dallas is all around a solid team, a solid fourth place team in the West. Um, so to say that, you know, they can lose easily or they can win easily, not so much. Uh, so definitely need to take, you know, be careful with that. Uh, we can beat okay. them. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry. Don't shoot. No, it's, Don't shoot. It's, it's, it is. I mean, you can't, you can't just say that a, a fourth team, uh, uh, a, a team that is in fourth place in the West is, can easily beat him. I think we can beat them for sure. Oh, yeah. Honestly, really, all, as always, depends more on us than them. Football critic, you bring up the point about the standings, fourth place team. But if you look at the West, I mean, it's very tight. There's very few points that separate a position like FC Dallas in a position like um, Austin FC's. If we win both of these games and, you know, Dallas probably drops drop points uh, on Saturday also, we top Dallas. You know what I'm saying? So this is a very close conference, and I'm very curious to see as to what happens with Austin FC and this FC Dallas game. Uh, score prediction, football critic? I'm going to say it's going to be a 2-1. Let's say 2-1 Austin, just to get back at them. 2-1 Austin. Drusi, Rigoni, or Drusi Sardes? Quien mete gol? I'm going to say Drusi, Drusi Fago. Drusi Fagu, Fagu with a comeback goal. I like yeah. that. Primo, your score prediction, your famous score predictions, mate. What is it against FC Dallas? Against FC Dallas, uh, I'm, I'm going to just keep it simple. 1-0, Austin wins. Oh, clean sheet. Wow. Clean sheet for an Austin FC that has probably struggled to keep clean sheets this season. Now, real quick, probably just a couple stats. Um for FC Dallas here before we go on to the Houston game that is going to take place. My Wi-Fi is a little bit slow right now. Oh, no. Let's see if I if I if I cut off. I apologize, but yeah, um, FC Dallas. I don't know why my screen is not not uh, not loading, but FC Dallas their their top scorer right now with 10 goals. Big big ups to Jesus Ferreira. Uh, 76.7 pass rating, two assists. 44 shots, so very interesting right there. Now, I do want to go on to the Houston game. Houston, a team that is probably coming into um, this matchup in a lot better form. Maybe they're the best team right now in the Copa Tejas um, competition. we got to be real. They put five goals up against LAFC. No slouch. LAFC has been struggling, though. We do got to point that out. Uh, they put five, one zero, and then 4-0, or 4-0 and then 1-0. So, Maybe it's a bit of a different conversation against Houston Dynamo. Between Dallas and Dynamo, I'm more concerned with the Houston game. They already proven to be better than us this season in the first two times that we that we played them. Ben Olsen has proven to have gotten the best of Josh Wolf. Now, the war is not over. The season is not over. Copa Tejas is not over. We can beat Houston, yes, but it's going to be tough. Football critic, again, your score prediction and your thoughts going into this game. Oh, man. Houston is going to be tough. Um, I'm going to go 2-1 again. 2-1. No, 3-2. Austin. High-scoring game. Yeah, I want to wow. wanna see us break that seal of more than two goals per game. Okay. 
Okay, very, very interesting. Now, Primo, I want to get your take. Same question. Your your score prediction and your overall thoughts on, on that game coming up. Overall thoughts on the game coming up. Versus Houston. Uh, versus Houston. 3-0. Austin wins. Okay. Cap. Yeah, banking. Cap. Cap. No, bro. There's, there's, there's just no way. There's just no way that that happens. I just don't see it happening. I mean, just real quick, some some form from the Houston Dynamo. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, anything can happen. But Dynamo have been just on a run. Look, check this out. One nail against LAFC on uh, June 14th. Uh, Four nail against LAFC June 10th. Uh, we can go back a little further. They smacked Chicago in the in in the Open Cup four to one. Keep going a little bit. They they lost to St. Louis three nil. Keep going a little bit more. They lost to Vancouver six to two. <laughs> okay, and then they beat us two to one. So, big loss there versus Vancouver. So it'd be very interesting to see if Austin FC can do something similar to that. Anything else you want to add on the Houston Dynamo game that's coming up, boys? I just hope we win, man. I hate Houston. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Just gonna say Copa Tejas or no Copa Tejas, we need to win those games every single season. I mean, there's no debate about 100%. it. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Now, just real quick, some table talk. St. Louis is in first place of the Western Conference. Then we got LAFC in second. Seattle Sounders in third place. San Jose in fourth. FC Dallas finds himself in fifth place for World Critic with uh, okay. twenty six points. Twenty six points. Dynamo with twenty four in sixth place. And then we have Rosal Lake in seventh. Vancouver in eighth. Portland in, in ninth. SKC in tenth. Minnesota eleventh. And our Austin FC in 12th place with 19 points. So between Houston Dynamo, 24 points, and Austin FC, 19 points, it's just five points right there, guys. Dallas, 26, Austin FC, 19. So never mind. I said that we would top them. Uh, I don't think that was accurate information. (laughs) Sorry. So uh, let's see. Uh, We we, we talked about Houston. We talked about Dallas. The Copa Tejas matchups. Let's get into a little bit of the Nations League talk. And I'm talking about the USA versus Canada match. Just real quick, let's just spend maybe two, three minutes on this game. USA wins it over Canada. The final score, um, what was it, 2-0? Two, two I think it was, yeah, 2-0. Two two nil. Nil, was it? No, no, no I, think it was, I think it was more than that, mate. I honestly... Oh. No, no, I think you're confused with Mexico. Yeah, it was 2-0. Yes. It was 2-0. See, honestly, I was very uninterested in that game. I was crying in a corner. Crying in a corner, y'all, when I was watching the USA versus Canada, maybe, because it was just, I mean, what can you say, dude? You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, it's just, what can you say, bro? But let's talk about it real quick. Uh, USA obviously beats Canada. They lift another trophy of the nations. You saw the players wilding out backstage. Uh, Weston McKinney drinking beer out of the uh, League's Cup trophy. Balogun going live. Uh, Alfonso Davies also was um, was uh, in the in the live chat that Balogun was hosting. So that was very interesting. Yeah, Chris Richards scored in minute 12 and Fuller and Balogun minute 34. So big ups to them. Primo, I want to start off with you, mate. Uh, this is a huge moment for them, huge milestone. You, as a El, El, El Tri fan, as a Mexico fan, what kind of praise can you give them, bro? Um, I mean, they're good, bro. There's, there's nothing, good. Nothing, good. nothing else to it, man. They are a good team. Um, that that new forward that they got is El Balogun. 
balling out, man. He, that's a really good addition to to the U.S. squad. He snubbed England for the yeah. U.S. Yeah. And, and so, actually, Primo, on that, super quick, Primo, on that, I think that had a lot to do with the USA fans just flooding his Instagram comments, saying, come to USA, come to USA, yeah. and putting a lot of flags. I think he 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 did come out, or he told 29, and 29 came out on Spaces, and he said that the fans spamming his Instagram comments was a big factor in him choosing USA. Yeah, um, and I mean, I'm pretty sure he, he sees the vision. He sees the project that they're building there, and he wants to be a part of something great. So um, they're a good team, man. They're, they're yeah. just a better team right now in CONCACAF. Kings of CONCACAF, would you say? I wouldn't say. They, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't go that far. That but, far, mate? They just put up a three-piece against Mexico, and you don't want to go that far. It's Nations League, bro. It's Nations. Oh, okay. <laughs> hey, today, oh, today, Primo, it's Nations League. Tomorrow, they're lifting the World Cup. Nah. Get real, brother. Oh, Copa Oro is coming now. Copa, Copa, Oro. Copa Oro, maybe. Okay. Football Critic, uh, come on into this topic now. USA, obviously a very convincing win against Canada, even more convincing win against Mexico. Their new forward, Balogun, was, you know, obviously a great addition. They finally have a forward. I want your thoughts on this game. And after, I'm going to ask you about the Burhalter situation because he's back. He's freaking back. So go ahead and tell me about the, the overall thoughts on the game for World Critic. About the game, I think it was great. I think Balogun was that missing piece that the U.S. was missing. Because um, Ferreira wasn't it. I mean, he's an okay MLS uh, forward, but he's not meant for that World Cup stage. And to have someone like Balogun finish the chances that Gio Reyna is going to give him, that policy is going to give him, like the US just got a huge piece, piece uh, imp implemented in, on their team, and it's great. Yeah. Um, on the Greg Berhalter thing, I don't think he should have been brought back. Not because he was one doing the wrong things, because I think it wasn't, but rather that it just showed how connected and how owned the soccer in the U.S. is by all of these families, right? So have him back mm -hmm. after all of that drama with Reina, and to know that that the Burhalters, the Reinas, the Wolves, the you know, they're the the soccer is owned by specific groups of families in the U.S. It's a bit of a mess, and it's it's a business, and it shouldn't be that way. So I would have said, hey, pick someone else, pick someone that that would make the U.S. play better than they did in the World Cup, not someone that made them play the way they did, right? Because it wasn't they they got out of the group stage, but it wasn't outstanding. So I don't think it's good for them. Uh, they should have gotten a better coach, but hey, it is what it is. As of right now, without him, they're playing amazingly. And I think it's going to continue being that way. Maybe with Greg a little bit less, but yeah. Interesting, man. Now, I'm scrolling through Twitter here, you know, just searching on Burhalter, see what we get in the top results. Uh, there were some interesting things that were being said about Greg Burhalter, BJ Callahan. Uh, BJ Callahan, the coach of the U.S. right now, very interesting guy. Obviously, maybe somebody to keep an eye on for Austin FC. He's in the he's in the U.S. men's national team pool. I know that uh, Anthony Precourt is a is a big fan of that pool. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with that coach's future when Greg Berhalter, you know, takes control of the U.S. men's national team. But for sure, a lot of fans shocked, bro, that Berhalter did get called back to USA, especially 
after just everything that went down, bro, because they hired a firm to go and look for a coach, uh, spent millions of, of dollars to just come back to the same name, the same person, and them trying to sell it off that it's going to be a different type of regime, a different kind of uh, camp. I mean, I to me, it sounds like a, just a bunch of baloney. Uh, I, I saw a lot of people come out and say that this federation is a is a joke in the way that yeah. they do things and the way that they um, announce things, I guess. And, and, and in a lot of ways, the way that they hire people, you know what I'm saying? So I'm going to be very uh, interested to see what Greg Berhalter does. The graphic that the USA page posted said that this is a coach that they're going for with to the world cup. So they're, they're, they're giving him to 2026. Yeah. Now, mind you, this is what I was telling um, a couple of my buds that were watching that um, uh, game with me. I was telling them how Greg Berhalter, he picked a lot of these guys. He's been working with these guys since they were very, very, very young. So he knows them better than anybody that would be able to come in. So anything else we want to add on the USA game, boys? No, you good? not really. Yep. All right. Alrighty, now um, I want to talk about Mexico El Tri. I put here in the notes Mexico El Tri in the mud, and uh, football critic actually uh, rubbed the the pain in just a little bit more. He said, "Hey, not only is the main um, senior team in the mud, but um, some of the younger team, uh, one of the younger team lost four to one to Panama in a final. So that was interesting. Now Mexico Coca." was fired today. They fired Diego Coca today in the morning and they appointed Jimmy Lozano. That had social media going crazy. Jimmy Lozano, a name that uh, is known in Mexico. He's a very, he was a very good player. Uh, he's been climbing the ranks as a coach. Uh, I know that he's a very interesting prospect and he finally getting his moment, his shot uh, with Mexico. And I know that a lot of players are going to see him. They're going to be like, wow, this guy's a legend. It's like if Zidane were to be appointed to France. Jimmy Lozano is the Zidane of L3, pretty much, almost. Now, I do want to send a shout-out to Danny Benz. He was calling for Jimmy Lozano, según él, según, he, he told me to point it out. He said that he was calling for Jimmy Lozano for a long time. Vanilla Mexican came out, and he he tweeted at me. He said, hey, in, in one of the World Cup podcasts or one of the World Cup spaces we were doing months ago, I mentioned that Jimmy Lozano would be a good coach for uh, Mexico, and it ended up happening. Now, I also want to point out how it was the weakest entrance in United States history for Mexico against, um, what do they play, uh, Panama, right? Yeah. Yeah, they played in the Maurice Revelo tournament, which is not a FIFA tournament, but it is a really big window for youngsters. And Mexico got to the final, but they lost to Panama uh, 4-1, I think. I don't remember the scoreline. Um but so here's the thing, Mexico, it's a mess. The national team, the, the absolute national team is a mess. The federation is a mess. And then you have youngsters that cannot be Panama, who is from CONCACAF. I, I would understand losing to, I don't know, France, but they actually beat France, but losing to Panama from the CONCACAF, it's worrisome. And I don't, and I'm not mocking you, although I love mocking you, I'm not doing so. I'm just saying, hey, it is worrisome that your teams are your and in and, and, and several categories and your federation is doing nothing to get Mexico back to its former glory of being one of the, if not the strongest team in CONCACAF and be a very capable team in World Cups. Mexico is not scaring anyone at the moment. 
Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. Now, um, they also, you know, played Panama in the Nations League. That's the game that I was talking about. And oh, the okay. entrance, the the entrance for that game was atrocious. I mean, there was nobody in there, bro. There was nobody watching that game. It was insane how how many empty seats there were at that stadium. I honestly couldn't believe it. But it's fans protesting. It's fans being fed up. It's fans saying that enough is enough. I mean. Being smacked 3-0 by USA was a tough pill to swallow. I mean, they barely beat Panama with their senior team 1-0. Probably that's why Diego Coca was um, was was fired this morning. Now, Primo, I want to bring you in, mate. Is there any thoughts that you can add on or any points you can add on to Coca being fired, Emi Lozano being appointed, mate? Uh, what's your thoughts on the whole situation right now, bro? Yeah, I have uh, a lot a lot to say, man. When I saw that post <laughs> about Diego Coca getting fired, I was thrilled. And then I, when I saw okay. that they appointed Jimmy Lozano, I was just, man. I think, you know, this Gold Cup is, is obviously his interview. This Gold Cup is going to be what determines if, if this is a good pick for the national team. And I think it's it it's what everyone wanted. You have someone that's really well-respected within the federation. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these young guys look up to Jimmy Lozano. Um, so Yeah, they do. I think I think we have the potential to have a really good Gold Cup, maybe even win it. I think Jimmy Lozano is just going to do great things with, with, with what he has now. We have really good players playing for the national team. Um, I, I think it's just a matter of getting the right person to make them better, you know, as, as not only as players because they're already good players, but, you know, we need some kind of leadership. In, in the team, I think that's that's one of the main 100%. things that was destroying us is there's no leadership within the team right now. There's no one that's able to stand up for um, the team right now. And and I think Jimmy Lozano is going to be the perfect guy to build someone. You know, you know maybe uh, Edson Alvarez, who's getting a lot of attention right now from from European teams. Um, we had multiple champions across Europe. Um, so there's talent there. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw that video that they came out with um, pretty much saying that they're they're done messing around. And and it was a little it was good it was a good little, you know, hope of and and hopefully it gets people uh hyped for this gold cup. It got me hyped. So Okay. So um, it worked on you. The the I think the attendance had a had a big impact on that um they saw hit that the wallets hit no, the wallets hit, hit the wallets man so came out with a nice little video gave me hope um okay and i think i think this can be the turnaround now real quick the last thing that i want to say on the mexico situation uh, i don't want to spend too much time on it my favorite thing about this appointment of jimmy lozano is the fact that we have a mexican coach again Mexican coach has been crucial. It's something that I always love to have in the national team because it means that he can connect a bit better with the national team players. Um, we've had El Tata Martino, Argentine. Diego Coca, Argentine, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Those guys have just sold us, just sold us out 100%. Now, it, it is on the players as well. A lot of the players like Antuna should not be being called up respectfully. This guy is one of the one of the probably one of the worst footballers I've ever seen. One of the fastest footballers that I've ever seen, but just level, just poor, poor, poor level. 
But hopefully, just like Primo said, this is a turning point. Jimmy Lozano, an important figure in Mexican soccer, in Mexican soccer history. And just like you said, a lot of players are going to look up to him. And he's going to be a pillar in the future of Mexican soccer, 100%. And hopefully, just like you said, Primo, the, the Federation is done messing around. Hopefully, this time it's for sure. Because we do need answers. We need changes quick. Because we should be the kings of CONCACAF, as I'm wearing this beautiful USA shirt. Mexico should be the kings of, of CONCACAF, 100%, not USA. Credit to um, USA. They're doing some fantastic work, some fantastic um, job out there. Now, uh, real quick, I want to jump over the Atlantic and talk real quick about Spain. They win the UEFA Nations League over Croatia. Now, a uh, bit bittersweet, you know, we see Luka Modric. Uh, I think this was his last game for Croatia, if I'm not mistaken. A player that has had an illustrious career, Ballon de Oro, five Champions Leagues, La Liga, I mean, Copa del Rey. This guy has won a lot of trophies. with Not with Tottenham, though. Not with Tottenham. <laughs> but uh, we see Spain win it in PKs. That was very interesting there. Now, Croatia, they were probably coming into this game maybe favorites in PKs. They've been... Uh, They've been better than 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 Spain if you put them together, like Croatia's PKs and Spain's PKs. Spain has been terrible at PKs ever since 2018. They went out of the World Cup against Russia in PKs. Iniesta missed a PK right down the middle. I still cannot forget that moment. Uh, but Spain wins it at the end. Jose Lu, a player that was just signed by uh, Real Madrid, a protagonist, Dani Carvajal, protagonist. So, football critic, I want to start off with you, mate. Your thoughts on Spain returning to glory? I'm not sure if to call it glory. I'm calling it glory, brother. We're back. I mean, hey, glory is to have the Spain that won the World Cup, bro. Glory is to have a contending. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, Spain great for for i mean congratulations on on winning nations league um beating croatia especially because of what you said croatia had been amazing like they were the opposite of spain in 2018 they got to the final because of winning penalties every single game it was ridiculous um so congrats to spain um good win i'm not gonna call them you know that they're back to the glory days they're they're okay. They're getting there. They're 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 playing better at least because in the last World Cup they were a mess. So um, that that Joselu, the Joselu, I think it was a one good game. I'm not sure even why Real Madrid signed him. If I'm being honest, um, but it's good to see some some stability in Spain. Sad for Luca though. Sad for Luca, 100%. 100%. Now, Primo, I want to ask you this, mate. You know, we're talking about Jose Lu. Uh, there was a video that came out on social media of Florentino Perez signing some autographs, and fans asked him, like, Florentino, are you going to sign anybody else? Is there going to be any more signings? And Florentino firmly says, no, there's no more signings. That's it. So Jude Bellingham, Jose Lu, and some cuts that were made. Other than that, that's it. Now, I want to ask you, mate, if there's no more signings, are you confident that this Real Madrid team can compete against Barcelona's all-star roster? Because there are no slouches. That roster is insane. Can this team, with Jose Lu, Jude Bellingham, and everybody else, and co, no more Benz, can they compete against Barcelona's roster? Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. I hope, brother. Absolutely. I, I really do. I really because do, mate. Not, not I really did, do. Not only did we get Jose Lu, we did. We got, you know, some other good pickups. We got Brahim. 
Ibrahim, uh, Ibrahim. Who had an amazing uh, time at Milan. Of course, uh, of course. Um, we picked up the the other young guy from Rayo Vallecano that used to be our academy player. Um, what is it, Fran Garcia? Fran and Garcia, true, true, so, true. Yeah. You know, we're we're filling in, you know, holes that that uh, that we had last season and. I believe that what Florentino Perez is true. I think Jose Lu was our last signing. Um, I've seen reports saying that we're going to go for Mbappé next year. Free. Free price free. tag. Yeah, price tag free. So okay. I think knowing Florentino Perez Ooh. and knowing how he, he, he does his things, I think I think that's going to be the option right now. Jose Lu, um, I think, is a good Overall striker in La Liga. Yeah. Um, we we do have Rodrigo that we can play as striker, who has played mm-hmm. striker before. Um, Fede Valverde is still going to be on the attacking side, so I think it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. I like that. I like that, baby. Now, football critic, Primo's take could be labeled as biased. Some people might say. I know Brian might say that 100%. Um, so I want to get your thoughts if this squad is going to be able to compete against the likes of Barcelona and then take it a bit step further. Can they compete in Europe? Yeah, I'm going to say no. Um, I can't. I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to suck in La Liga. Definitely not competing for, well, I don't know, Real, uh, the, the DNA Real Madrid is something else. But um, I just don't see them compete, competing because your fullbacks are going to be eating alive and you don't have a solid nine to score every single game right okay. so you're gonna score you're not you're not gonna be scoreless no you're gonna score but you're gonna be missing that definitive striker that benzema was in every game because luke can score for sure but you're gonna have that and your fullbacks they're not it your your fullbacks are your weakest points and you did not address that how uh, at all so um draw madrid is never gonna be a weak team at all never but to say that they will be dominant this season? No, I don't think so. Interesting, mate. Very good points there. I'm not going to lie. The the fullbacks point, uh, that's pretty true. I mean, maybe that's one of the reasons why we're being linked to Alfonso Davies. That's another little rumor there, mm-hmm. here and there. There's there's some chatter. But um, interesting. Interesting what you say, football critic. Now, uh, I know a lot of Barca fans are going to agree with that take. And a lot of Real Madrid fans may shrug a little bit whenever they hear you say that we're not going to be able to, to compete. But... Um, I do want to say that the Benzema departure, the reliable source of goals, reminds me when Cristiano left. We were looking around everywhere. We were saying, well, who's going who's gonna to plug in this hole? Who's going to score 60 goals? And Benzema stepped up. So I'm curious to see who's going to be the guy that's going to step up and take this team and put it on his back and say, you know what? I'm the new top scorer. I'm the new Pichichi candidate. I'm here to score goals for Real Madrid. And I'm curious to see who that player is going to be. Maybe Vini. He did pick up the new number. New number seven, Vini. And Rodrigo is the new number 11. So, new era. Definitely a new era. No more Hazard. No more bail. I mean, this is a new era, boys. Anything else you want to add on the Spain win? On the Mexico, uh, obviously, uh, disaster. Or maybe the USA win, boys. You're good, Primo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm good. That that USA versus Mexico game, man, killed me. That killed. I'll show you. Me. <laughs> uh, I'm just interested to dead. see. 
I'm interested to see if if Mexico's problem was really mostly 80% the coach or actually players. It's a mix. You need you need a really really good roster to say that you can be US. Uh, Canada not that much. I don't trust much Canada beyond Davis. But I mean even Jamaica has a good roster dude. So yeah, I yes. want to see what Mexico has with this new coach. See what they what they show because. I'm not so sure it was only the coach or mostly the coach. Uh, a lot of underperforming players and a lot of players that aren't called up. You know, these European players with certain agents get called up all the time. So it'd be very interesting to see if some real talent got called up to Mexico and not just the the usual cows, as to my dad likes to say. He yeah. likes to call them cows because he doesn't like the way that they play. But boys, uh, thank you for being here, Football Critic. My G Primo, another episode of the Top Flight Podcast. Shout out to Eric, the uh, stat and topic contributor. Shout out to my G Brian, who's going to be editing this. Shout out to Bali, Danny Bans, Nolbis, and everybody. Uh, Scott also, shout out my G Scott and JC. We will be, you know, coming back with uh, what you need to know for Dallas, I'm sure, soon. And then Houston article is going to be available as well. And then be on the lookout for those running backs, too. So, boys, anything else you want to say as we sign off? Let's hope for some change on this on this break that we had for Austin. Yes, yes, let's hope for some change. And let's hope for the League's Cup. Primo. Yeah, man, I, I'm going I'm to have that Dallas and Houston pack ready, man. Because we, we got we to we beat them. Hey, if, if we win both of these Copa Tejas games, we're back. We're back. We're freaking back. Put the word out. Put the word out for Critic. I see you making that little face. We're back. I mean, we already won back. two games, and then we thought we were back. And, you know, just hey, saying. Put the word out. We're back. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into the Top Live Podcast. We'll see you soon. Ciao. Yeah.